Well, I want to begin tonight um, with a thank you. Before I do that, I want to pray again. And that's our... That's our... That's how to pray right there. You just cry to the Lord. That's, that's the message. See you later. Yes. Lord, we thank you for this gathering, and I thank you for those represented here tonight. Lord, various churches and families and committed ones, Lord, who, who take you at your word, who take you seriously, and, and many who've been here for these six years and others getting involved recently. Lord, I just bless them. And I thank you for them, God. And I know that their reward is in heaven, God, for all the, the labor and prayer, all the service to the church, Lord. I thank you for these friends. I thank you for these comrades, God. And I just pray you'd meet us here tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can you believe that we have done this house of prayer for not one or two or three or four or five, but six years now? Can you imagine that? We have prayed nearly, I mean, many mornings and many nights. I haven't counted the hours. I can't, I, my brain doesn't go that, that well. We have a new bookkeeper. Maybe she can, that's another thing I want to mention tonight. Um, we have a new bookkeeper, Hannah. She's taking over for Shirley. So wanted to, Shirley's in Florida taking care of parents. Hannah couldn't be here, but we prayed for her Friday. Maybe we can have her work the numbers. But we have prayed here. Many mornings and many nights, not 100%, but good. I think we get like a B plus or an A minus or something. I don't know what it works out to be. But six years now. I'm kind of blown away by that. I don't know if, yeah, praise Jesus for that. Um, I still don't understand what we got ourselves into, Mandy. Um, But somehow this is six years have gone by. And I'm curious, how many have been here the whole time? Like, you've just come regularly. I'm just curious. that This is not like a, okay, Mandy wins back there, my wife. Okay, Corey, Lene, Holly, Becky, I, everybody's kind of like this. So who, uh, oh, over here. So just put your hand up. I just am curious. Okay, cool. Oh, David in the back. Yes, thank you guys. Mandy, did you want to come up and say anything at the beginning, or are you waiting to the end? Okay. So when Mandy and I began GP Hop, we had no idea what to expect. No clue. And for the longest time, it was me and Jesus and like one other person for like two, three years. And so this, to me, is unreal. Like this many people that have done it even for six years is so inconceivable to me, the fact that on a Tuesday night, when we say, hey, all the regular intercessors and worship leaders get together, like there's more than me and Jesus and my wife and kids. This is unreal. And so I just want you to know from the bottom of my heart, I know that's cliche, that I am, I am so grateful to run with you and to pray with you and to worship with you because so often it's so small and it's seemingly insignificant but this is like my real life. This is my career. This is what I'm doing to the end. If, if God doesn't say to do anything else, this is what I'm doing. And so thank you for being a part of this and ultimately for being a part of a God thing, not a Derek thing or a, or a Kistner family thing, but a God thing. 
because he started this house. He wanted prayer here. So thank you so much for jumping in. And as many people as have come through here and as many people who are now out serving the Lord in different countries, like it's crazy to think how many people we've actually prayed for who are now in another country. But yet there's others who have been here the whole time. It's just kind of crazy to me. I tried to figure it out today and my brain kind of went, murk, murk. you know, it didn't, couldn't do it. But, um, but thank you. And um, I, I just can't emphasize that enough. You guys are like my heroes. You guys are my, my, my best friends. You're like, I can't say anything greater. I mean, you, you're just, thank you. Thank you, guys. Round of applause for yourself, please. <laughs> Clap, yay. Seriously. I didn't know if anybody would actually do what we're doing. And you have, and I think of how... I want to do some special recognitions too, okay? I don't mean to leave anybody out because you are all so super faithful, but I thought of a few who are like, oh my gosh, you need to be recognized specially. Um, I can't do this without you, Mandy. You're amazing. I know I, every time we do this, I, I say you, but you, you are amazing, Mandy. Like, you're awesome, and I, I know that you have to deal with a fleshly, ungodly husband many days, but you are the reason I get to do this other than the Lord because you're like a superhero. You are like Wonder Woman. And um, seriously, I, if you didn't do your job, I couldn't do my job. So, wow, thank you for my wife. And my kids who come here like every night with me, they're amazing. Corey Endress, you come here every other Tuesday and I am never here. You are faithful, bro. I am never here on Tuesday, like once a year to do this meeting. And Corey just plugs away, just him and Jesus. You're getting a taste of what I had for a couple of years. And learning how to be faithful when there's just nobody and you do it because you love the Lord. You're like David on the you know, backside of the mountain just worshiping. The, the only people that come sometimes are the people who thought there was a different meeting here. And you're like, actually, no, it's across the street. I get it, and that's where greatness is developed, is where you're just faithful. So, bro, thank you. Um, I try to take Tuesdays off as kind of just a family day, and so Corey does every other Tuesday night, and Tuesdays at one point were like the best night, you know, where the most people came, and, you know, ministry, it, it ebbs and it flows. And so now Tuesdays is just, he's just kind of sustaining it. And so, bro, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. I also wanted to give a shout out to the morning prayer folk because I've been so hit and miss ever since Zeke was born. So if you do morning prayer regularly, just raise your hand really high. Morning prayer. Morning prayer regularly. Hand straight up. It's a, it's a faithful few. Aaron, Rob, you, yeah, see, you stick together there. Anybody else? What's that? I missed it. <laughs> So I am one day going to just get back into a more regular morning prayer routine. But, you know, with Zeke, baby number five hitting us, my sleep is so hit and miss. So just, guys, thank you for being faithful on Fridays and, and other days. And I wanted to give a shout-out to Heather. Make sure you tell Heather. Heather has been faithful on Mondays. She has been a joy to pray with. Um, and there's others who come, you know, on, on different mornings. But thank you, guys. Uh, I can't possibly be here every single time. 
it is hard to have a family and a ministry and just life all at once. And so thank you guys for plowing, even when I'm not here. That is, that is huge. So round of applause for Corey, the Morning Prayer Warriors, Heather, and everybody else. <laughs> Okay, just a couple thoughts, and then I really what I want to do tonight is I just want to get in a big circle and pray together. I'm going to try to get us out of here at the latest 7.30, so if I talk for longer than 15 minutes, throw a, an apple at me or something, David, or a, you know, a tomato or whatever. Throw something at me to remind me, but really quickly... This is like preaching to the choir directors. This isn't just preaching to the choir. You guys know what I'm about to say. But it's so important to just go back to the Bible and remember that house of prayer is not my idea. It's not Mike Bickle's idea. It's not a new fad. It's It's what Jesus said. It is Bible, Genesis to Revelation. God has called His house, His people, to be a praying people. And... We find ourselves in a culture that has kind of let go of that stronghold of prayer and God's helping us to reclaim it. But there is so much scripture on prayer and a reality of a community that prays together. I just, I just want to throw that out there that Jesus did say, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And when I think house of prayer, I think of a praying family. People who want to do life together with Jesus at the center which means we talk to Him, which is prayer, at the center of community life. Not, not every ministry is going to be a house of prayer. Not every ministry is going to believe for 24-7 prayer. But prayer is to be central in our life personally and corporately. And it's going to look a thousand different ways. But He has called us as a prayer room to believe for a unique level of prayer. And I, I believe God has called this work to be 24-7 one day. I don't know the timing. I don't know when it's going to happen. But I believe He has called us to that level. And that's what I continue to believe for. If it takes 20, 30 years, I'm just going to keep believing for that. I take great um, encouragement from Brother Mike, who uh, <laughs> Mike Bickle, uh, many don't know the story before IHOP KC. They prayed like 17 years, just morning prayer meetings, afternoon, evening prayer meetings, before it was 24-7. And so, and that was, that was almost 20 years. And, and so I'm not in a hurry. I'm not nervous that it's not bigger or anything like that. I have people tell me frequently like, ah, oh, I thought it was going to be big and this and that. And, I have no, I want it to grow, but I don't have any expectation like it's a failure if it doesn't or anything like that. But I am still believing for it and believe it will happen. I mean, that's just, I think it will. Phase one is what we're doing. The clearest direction I got in starting this ministry was just to host a morning and an evening prayer meeting as best as I know how and hold the line there as best as I could. Again, for the first two years, it was me and Jeremy Estabrook and like two other people for like years. <laughs> it got so bad that I had some serious freak out moments, but those were the times where I got encountered the greatest and the Lord just essentially told me to keep going. So Jesus called it house of prayer. We're believing for the whole thing to go 24-7 one day. Why not? 
if McDonald's can do 24-7, if Kroger can do 24-7, Walgreens, gas stations, Amazon, if the whole world's 24-7, why can't there be at least one place, one stronghold in a community that operates 24 hours a day? I believe that that should happen, and I believe that's a matter of justice. I think it's an injustice that Jesus Christ is not being worshipped continually because He made everybody. There's one person that deserves to be trending and viral and glorified and worshipped and praised, and that man, his name is Jesus. And it's our job as the church to lift that banner high and not back down. So phase one, we're just going to hold the line day and night. And I believe it will become clear to move into a phase two, which we will have the resource to say, okay, you guys are here and we have money, so we'll help you to do it. You guys take this block, you guys take that block, and all of a sudden we're able to do a bunch more hours. I think it will become evident in time, but that, that's not really here yet. Right now it's kind of hold the line, do the mornings, do the nights, you know, miss a morning here, a night there, and regroup the next day kind of thing, but just to keep trying to do our best, and that's what you're all helping to do. Because no person can just do 24-hour prayer. It takes a huge amount of people. And Aaron, you would know this. Aaron and Joy, you guys lived in IHOP KC. You know the amount of people it takes to sustain music, prayer. I mean, it's just a, it's a lot. So that's sort of the vision that I just wanted to quickly recap. And... Um, Throughout these six years, it's been, there's been challenges, there's been difficulties, but, but every time it gets really hard, it's like God says, I'm going to stretch you for a while, and then I'm just going to give you an, a unique encounter or revelation so that you know I'm serious about this. I really do want prayer to explode in central Illinois. I really do want this. And so he's, he's given many prophetic words over the years. One of them related to faithfulness. I remember when we first started GP Hop. This goes back to the Behold Him days, Rob. You know, back when we were talking about it way back then. And I felt my life transitioning into House of Prayer. And I had an unusual amount of people tell me, just be faithful in the small season. Be faithful in the small beginnings. I mean, that seems like a normal word. But I had so many people tell me that that I just began to pay attention, like, okay, God, you really mean that. And then over the years, I would just be reaffirmed in crazy ways. Let me just share one quick story about, uh, I shared this Friday night. I'm just going to repeat it real quick. Uh, there was a morning where I was meditating on being faithful because I was just kind of burnt out. I'm like, Lord, how, how long do I do this with just a few people? Like, oh, my goodness, you know. But help me to be faithful because your word says, be faithful in little and you will get much, you know, that whole thing. And so I was just having a moment one morning of being faithful was like what God called me to do, no matter if it gets big or medium or small or whatever, just to be faithful. That afternoon, we have a, a tea time, which is so funny. We never do tea, but that day we did tea and watermelon with Tarnim. Tea with Tarnim and Donise. Do you remember that, Mandy? Okay, so Tarnim Salman is, some of you know, from Bethlehem. Like, you know, the real Bethlehem where Jesus is born. In fact, her house is five minutes from where Jesus is born. And we have her for tea, 
And as we're talking, she says, I want you to meet my dad. I'm going to call him right now and you're going to talk to him. So I talked to Pastor Nihad, who's a pastor in Bethlehem, and he goes into his life story about how he started a church in Bethlehem, which he pastors now. And he, he told me, he's like, I was a total failure for like 10 years. Like everybody fired me. There was no fruit. Nothing happened. Never grew. I looked like a failure. Like, like he actually got fired from places because it just seemed so fruitless. And he said, but I just kept going. It was a crazy divine appointment. And he said, and then Derek, one day it just changed. He said, people just started coming to my church and they started getting saved and then their family started getting saved and then my kids started getting saved and then Muslim, you know, because they live in a predominantly Muslim area and Muslims get saved and then dreams and visions are happening and now he pastors a flourishing church right there in one of the most hardcore Muslim places on earth. It just took him about 10 years for that thing to be tested and tried and ready for blessing. And that's just many times how God works. And so I'm listening on the phone thinking, that is like right right where I'm at. Like it is hardcore and, you know, it doesn't look like much is happening, but I know it is, but I needed that. So I tell people, I spoke to a man from Bethlehem in the morning and I spoke to a man from Bethlehem in the afternoon, two different men from Bethlehem. One was Jesus and one was Pastor Nihad. And they both told me to be faithful. And the season of testing and trial will give way to the season of growth and blessing. Not that that's the ultimate point, but he does want to grow the work. I'm in it no matter what, but I believe he wants to. And that was just a neat message, I thought. He's calling us as a people to be faithful. And he's encouraged me along the way. Now I've been teaching on Nehemiah. Anybody been here for those teachings? By the, by, okay, couple, yeah. So I'm going through Nehemiah. And I'm just so enjoying the, watching the progression and how it relates to our ministry and just what God's doing. But flip over to Nehemiah 7 if you've got your Bible or your smartphone. Because this is, I believe this is kind of where we're at as a ministry. Again, I wanted to share a little bit of vision. Now this is where I feel like we're at right now. And I want to take some of this and begin to pray into it. It's 12.11 back there. <laughs> That's why I wear my watch. That thing goes out all the time. And if I confuse anybody, I will do, I'll do a quick... We'll do time for questions. Nehemiah 7.4. Um, Real quick recap of Nehemiah. You know, Nehemiah goes back to Jerusalem. He helps rebuild the wall. Um, the wall gets going. There's oppression. There's attacks. They finish it, though. And then in Nehemiah 7, he counts everybody. And it, it's, there's this unique passage in, in Nehemiah 7.4 where he counts everybody. And the joke is this. They count the people, and then they count the animals and I just think, you know, you're desperate for numbers when you include all the animals and like all the donkeys and everything. So they're like really feeling like we are almost nobody. So they, it's just funny. They count the people. They count the servants. They count the kids. They count the animals. They count the singers. And they're like, we're desperate for numbers. And so there's about a 50,000 person community with around Jerusalem as they're rebuilding in that time. 
And there is this feeling, it says in Nehemiah 7.4, it says, The city was large and spacious, but the people in it were few. And not even the houses were rebuilt. There was this such broken national identity. They are just trying to get things rebuilt. They'd been in exile for a generation. And they have this feeling like, we are so small. What can we really do? And what they didn't know was that right around the corner in Nehemiah 8, one of the greatest revivals in Israel's history was about to hit them powerfully. No one really knew, except for some of the scholars of the hour, the the Levites and Ezra and Nehemiah, maybe a few others, that really believed Jeremiah's prophecy, Jeremiah 29, when they were going to come back to the land, they were going to be returned from exile, and then they were going to seek the Lord, and then the Lord was going to listen and answer and break in. I don't think, this is my guess, I don't think most of those people really believed or followed that narrative. I think they just kind of came back to their homeland and they're like, this is bad. And they were feeling small. They were feeling this is ineffective. We're glad Jeremiah rebuilt the wall. Now we can't really be easily attacked. But Nehemiah 8 is one of the great revivals. And this is where I feel like it's prophetic for what God's doing here and citywide and beyond. That we're in a rebuilding of the walls season and around the corner is this sense of revival, but a real one. You know, a real God-moving kind of thing. But it's kind of hard to because there's this sense of like, ah, it's just little us and little Peoria, little house of prayer, our little life. I wish we could be Bethel or something else, you know. There's this sense that we're so lacking that kind of pervades the climate. And yet I feel like God's calling us to dream and say, keep rebuilding, keep building up a wall of prayer. Ezekiel twenty-two thirty. I sought for a man to build up a wall. I feel like there's this calling to build what God's building. And around the corner is a movement that we cannot imagine. I don't know the timing. I don't know. I just believe for it. There's so many words of a third great awakening. There's so many words about revival. And I think we're being prepared for that. That's where I sense we're at right now. So let's just jump into the building project. At, you know, Whatever the Lord's having you do at your local church and you serving here at the house of prayer, let's just keep building and keep trying to patch up the wall knowing that that will create a it will it will help create an environment conducive to what God wants to do around here as i read nehemiah 8 and 9 there's such a unique move of god where they return to the bible and they return to worship and then there's joy and they recovenant with the lord and they they want to get compromised out of their life and they want to repent. I mean, there's a verse where it talks about how they, in Nehemiah 9.3, it says, they stood in their place and read from the book of the law, Genesis through Deuteronomy. I mean, that doesn't seem like a great conference topic. Let's read the law, but they don't do it for just an hour. They do it four hours a day. No, I'm sorry. A fourth of the day they do Bible time and another fourth they confess and worship. Twelve hours a day. And there's something just really unique just hit them powerfully.
So with that, what I'm asking us tonight is would you continue to believe and build with me and build with the Lord what He's doing and specifically that He would continue to fill the gaps of day and night prayer right here in this building. That He would continue to give us grace to patch up all the holes in the schedule and continue just to, you know, like, hey, I'll take Tuesday night, I'll take Thursday morning, I'll do that. Just to keep believing that that day and night will be fully filled up and that the Lord will soon give the resource and the ability to fill a few more hours and then a few more hours, etc., etc. But could we believe for that? I don't mean you do more. I'm saying would you truly just believe with me that more would be filled up. I was so encouraged in one day, both Pastor Eric and the Moore family both contacted me unrelated to one another and said, I want to jump in and do prayer hours. Amen. Like that is the most encouraging thing that's happened to me this month. And I'm just believing that there's many others that will say, hey, I'll do this, I'll do that. And, and together we can create a place where the worship never ends. Again, I just think of it right across the street I think it's that way maybe. There's the sign on Kroger that says 24 hours a day. And I'm thinking if Kroger can do it. And then there's Planet Fitness. 24 hours a day we're surrounded by it. I believe God can do it. So believe with me please. That He would fill up the schedule. And that He would release financial blessing on the GP Hop. Guys, I'm a firm believer that we don't need more money to do the will of God. I think we can have basic essentials met and do God's will. And yet, if He were to send blessing, we could hire more people. We could staff prayer hours. There are actually people who feel called to do prayer as a career. We could pay them. We could finance them. They could do four hours a day, ten hours a week or whatever. Do some administration. I am so believing. What's up, bro? Good to see Samid. Would you just believe for me? I've had so many people pray over me. Lord, raise up the people with deep pockets for the house of prayer. And I'm like, amen, yes, praise God for that. You know what's funny is we have so struggled our way forward financially for six years, but it has so made me pray more. I'm like, I get what you're doing. I don't like it. You're really good at what you know what you're doing, God, but could you just give us a million dollars or something and make it easy for a while? You know, that's kind of my, my ongoing, like, argument-ish prayer with the Lord. But he's so smart. He knows if he keeps it tight, we press in more, we talk to him more, we worship with more fervency. Because the more we ask, the more he does. And if he just kind of gave us the huge billion-dollar chunk all the time, we would just so get so comfortable. So I get what he's doing, but yet I do believe we can pray and ask for that financial blessing. Let's pray specifically that God would revive his church. David prayed. He said, he said, Lord, revive us that we would call on your name. Guys, if revival hits the church, prayer goes to another level. And we don't have to advertise prayer. People just show up wanting to pray. You know, some people think revival is the end of prayer. It's like, okay, we prayed and revival happened. But biblically, revival is unto even more prayer. We pray, 
God sends waves of revival, and that revived people praise even more. Ultimately, the end of prayer isn't revival, it's prayer. Prayer is the end. Prayer, because talking to the Lord is really what it's all about. We'll do it for eternity. See, right now it's shrouded in mystery because Jesus isn't standing right there. But in heaven for eternity, we'll be like, Lord, we love you. <laughs> there you are. And he'll talk right back to us. We'll, we'll pray forever. It'll just be different. It's just really awkward now because we open our Bible and we're like, Jesus, do this. Do... But that's how he called us to do it. I can't imagine one day just in heaven, just sitting here and like there's Jesus and like we will still pray. We will still be like, Lord, you're amazing. We'll be like, you're pretty cool too. <laughs> Thank you, you know. But there will always be that. It's just now it's he's kind of invisible, we're so dull, and it's but we do it. One of my favorite scriptures on prayer is Luke 18.1. It's so funny because it's so brutally straightforward. He says, He taught a parable that men would always pray and not quit. As if to assume He knew we would want to. And so He had to be extra straightforward. You are going to want to quit. Here's a story why you shouldn't. And the story is about that the, the widow who goes to the judge who, who is not just and she keeps bothering him and so he gives in and how much more us who are the bride of Christ beloved sons and daughters if we keep going to the Father who loves us will he do what we're crying out for? But I just think it's funny that at the beginning it's like I'm announcing this is a parable you're going to want to quit but you shouldn't and here's why. And I'm like yes thank you for putting that in the Bible. So let's pray that God would revive His church. In fact, I want to plan a revival night very soon. I know that might sound cliche. We've done Jesus nights last year, but I want to do a revival night in the spirit of the Nehemiah chapter 8 and 9. And so stay tuned. I might contact a few of you, uh, Lene and Becky and the Moore family. I just want to get just a, let's just blow it up for a night and just believe for God to move. But um, that's all I got, gang. I tried to go about 15 or 20. That's a little bit of vision. That's where I feel like we're at and some specific things to believe for. And so um, I want to pray for 15 or 20 minutes together. But before then, is there any thoughts or questions before we kind of transition and just kind of blow it up for a minute? Mandy, how'd I do? (laughs) Peg. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. Right. Peg, you're feeling the pain I feel. Which is, it's just hard. <laughs> There's some mornings I'm not here. And I just can't possibly do it on my own. So we just have to figure out your schedule. We've got to figure out, hey, maybe there's a time where we could get you in. But there's just, the reality is sometimes I'm just not here. 
And I don't, I don't know any other way around that. And I know your ride situation is difficult. But let's, let's talk about that, me and you. Because I, I would rather you be in here praying more than not praying. And um, if I'm in the office. Because <laughs> that, that, that phone goes to my office. And if I'm not here, it just goes to voicemail. That, yeah, I mean, I could give you mine. So, but I don't, I don't have that going to my cell phone or else it just rings off the hook. I'm just me. <laughs> so, but thank you. We wanna, we wanna, I want to make sure you're here and you can pray. Other thoughts or questions? or See, my, my, it'd be great if we just had a whole team that would have this place open, but we're, we're, we're burrowing our way to that point. Where it's going to be a shared reality and not just contingent on me and you. You know what I'm saying? Amen. 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 I need to. I need to connect with them. Thoughts, questions, anything I can clarify? I'm going to give Sami the quiz because he was last one here, and I'll. <laughs> Pop quiz. Okay, so it's crystal clear. Guys, thank you once again. Mandy, did you you want to... You, yeah, come on up here and show everybody how cute our baby is. And it takes some cajoling, but Mandy does have a lot of wisdom, so say something here. I'll, I'll, I'll hold our big chunky monkey. Okay, I also wanted to say... I have to take my hand unstuck there. Just thank you guys so much for your love and devotion to Jesus and your faithfulness to this small house of prayer. You know, people looking in might think of this house of prayer as small or seemingly insignificant or unimportant, but God sees something so much bigger than just the numbers or just the unfinished ceiling or the low finances or whatever god sees like your hearts and you know he he notices and he sees those prayers that we've prayed that have caused people to come into the kingdom he sees those prayers that have brought forth physical healing emotional healing to people he sees those prayers that have shifted nations you know, and he sees like the worship that has gone before him. And I believe because of that worship, like Jesus is more enthroned here in the city and region than he was, you know, six years ago. Like his presence is more here. And so I'm just so grateful that the Lord has called us on this journey. And, you know, I look, just think back and uh, to myself in those college years, I had two prayers that I prayed all the time in college. Number one is that God would send. <laughs> marry him, no. <laughs> um, that God would send a revival to Peoria and that God would raise up a house of prayer in this city. And I just think it's funny because fast forward, I end up marrying a guy who's even more passionate about having a house of prayer in this city than I am. And then here we are. And, uh, and I just think God's just so faithful. And I just remember too, just as I was sitting back there looking at all the kids, I remember me and Derek's first time of prayer in this building. And it was me and him and then our three boys at the time, which were four, two, and like six months old. And um, 
they were just going bonkers. Like, I just remember, it was just absolutely insane. Like, they were just, it was a new building, they were running all over the place, and I'm just, like, so frustrated the whole time. I'm like, God, this is what you called us to do. But, like, God sees... God sees those like hard prayer times, guys. You know, those times where if you're a parent and you're wrestling your children and it's not in vain. You know, if you, if you feel just disconnected, it's not in vain. Like he sees that yes in your heart. The fact that you show up and you pray, like he sees that. I believe we're going to get to heaven and I know like I'm going to stand before the Lord and I'm going to say, God, I know not one second of prayer I'm going to regret. You know, like every moment that we pray, we will not regret that because it's bringing us closer to the Lord and it's causing his kingdom purposes to advance on this earth. And so I just wanted to thank you guys again. And the verse that comes to mind, my mind, Derek shared it, but it's Luke sixteen ten that he who is, um, he who is, is trusted with very little will be trusted with, with much. And so I just see you guys as hearts. And you guys are trusted with this, you know, whatever time slot you have or just coming faithfully. And like, I believe God's going to pour out more upon you. You know, you're not coming to this house of prayer to get rich and famous and popular, you know, like, I mean, we're small. So I know like your motives are just to be with Jesus. And maybe you want to improve on your musical abilities so that you can glorify God more than your talents. And, you know, whatever it is, like your hearts are just like, I just feel like God says over you guys, like, thank you for your steadfastness and your hearts to go after the Lord, even in the small things. Like he sees a smallness. He sees the things done in secret, you know, and Corey's the only one here on Tuesday nights. Like he sees that and he's going to reward you openly for that. You know, that's just one example, but let's just keep going after Jesus. Amen. So amen. Amen. Any other thoughts or questions or thank you. Thank you, honey. I remember um, about six months in, it was me and Jeremy Estabrook for so long. You guys know Jeremy, right? Most, some of you know Jeremy. And he was on staff. He, we actually started me and him on staff. And I remember one morning it was just me. I was sitting in the back. And I was like, Lord, this is just not what I was thinking. I thought there'd be a few more people, you know, or something. And I just began to lament hard and complain and, you know, kind of have a psalm, you know, David's psalm, or he just kind of complained and lamented. And I just remember, some of you know this story, <laughs> some of you don't. And I just remember going, God, there, I don't have anything. I don't have people. I don't have intercessors. I don't, have, I don't even have a website. And even if I had a website, I don't have a logo to put on the website. And I just went on and on, and I just began to complain to the Lord. And, and once I kind of stopped muttering and thinking that whole th- drama at like 5.30 one morning, my phone pings. And I, and I was like, I shouldn't answer my email. I'm more spiritual than that. I'm in a prayer meeting. And then it was like the Holy Spirit's like, it's not going so well. So just check that message real quick. And I checked my message. No joke. This is, uh, this is the doing of Keith Lang, uh, Becky's husband. Keith, he's like, bro, you're not going to believe this. Like, this never happens to me. But this morning, the Lord woke me up early and spoke to me powerfully to make you a logo for your ministry so that you could like use it on your website. 
I had just, I had told no one. I mean, I had just had this moment with God where I just poured out all these thoughts and a second later that hits me. And it was, it was literally, he had gotten up hours before to do all this work and it hits me right then. And it was in that moment where God made it very clear. I know what you need and I will give it to you at the right time. And just know I'm with you, man. And so I always look back to that morning, like six months in, where it's like, man, he knows what I'm thinking before I'm thinking it, and he knows how to get my attention. And there's been many uh, moments like that, but I just always think back. He's with us. He's got a reason for the journey, and we're grateful. Mandy and I, we're grateful for all of you. And uh, I want to turn this into a prayer meeting. So come on up and get in a big circle. And we are going to pray that God would fill the gaps on our schedule, that He would release financial blessing and revive His church and send those breakthroughs. Come on up here.